Welcome to the Lush Hearts Blossoming Podcast. I know what it is to suffer. I know what it is to want more in your life. Let this podcast be a tool and a resource for you to create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Ashen Wolf. I am an extrasensory coach, completion process, and parts work facilitator, and shaman. Let's get into today's episode. Disable the enabling. Hey guys, it's Ashen Wolf here, and today we are going to dive in to self-enabling. So what is it to enable? Enabling is the action of ignoring something, avoiding something, and allowing something to continue happening in the same way that it's been happening in the past that you know or are partially conscious of is not in the best interest of yourself or others. It is an action that you're taking towards yourself or others where you are continuing to let something happen that is just not healthy or in the best interest of whoever is involved in the situation. In this video, we are going to be diving into self-enabling and we're going to be breaking it down. But if you're interested in patterns and how to open up your consciousness when it comes to being enabled by others and enabling others, stay tuned for my next video. Let's start out with a situation and an example and then we're going to break it down on a more logical sense and in a more general sense. Let's say we have Marissa who is always, always, always and consistently unhappy with her life. She is stuck in a pattern feeling so unhappy with herself, so unhappy with her life and she can't seem to get out of this cycle where it feels like she is suffering to a degree that she just can't even take it anymore. The root cause of her suffering is her career. She works so many hours, five days a week. She is doing a job that she hates and she's doing it for the money. She's living in a world so that one day she can get the life that she wants the very most. Marissa is convinced that based on her options and based on what she thinks is available to her that she has to continue doing what she's doing. She is avoiding thinking of any other career that would make her any happier because they wouldn't make her as much money. And she's choosing her careers based on the money and based on the accessibility of what is currently accessible to her. Now, if Marissa would stop enabling herself to continue this cycle, she may observe and understand and give it a try to see what it would be like to do something that made her a little bit happier or a lot happier and a lot less time consuming that allowed her to still have her basic necessities and basic standards of quality of life. This higher vibration would allow her the opportunity to be in a different place relative to career in where ideas could start flowing in to find what she's really passionate about, what she really values, and to get not only a career that would make her happier, but also also a career that maybe would make her more money at the same time. And she would open up her options and possibilities by taking a different action and getting out of the cycle of suffering that she is currently stuck in. Let's dive into a general term of enabling and what's going on inside the head of an enabler. So you have two parts to the surface of this. It's the part that doesn't want to stop doing what it's doing, the bad habit or the thing that's not in its best interest. Now, with 
with the person who is more identified with actually wanting to stop the bad behavior, they are just as much in this cycle, which I'm going to be breaking down for you as the one who's more identified with the one that doesn't want to stop and is more identified with not wanting to stop. So I want you to really take that in. The person who is more identified with wanting to stop is just as much stuck in the cycle that I'm about to break down with you as the person who is more identified with the one who doesn't want to because no matter how subconscious it is, they're still operating within a system that does not want to stop. They're just not as conscious of how much they don't want to. So this push and pull is a cycle between these two parts. Let's break down the cycle more. Enabling is all about the ego wanting to avoid something. It wants to get away from something. It wants to run away from something that it thinks it's going to experience if it would do a different action than it's currently doing or to think different thoughts than it's currently thinking. And that's why we're stuck in this cycle. Enabling can be a self-talk action of not wanting to look at the situation at all. It can be a self-talk action of a story that justifies to the ego why it's okay to not look at it and why it's okay to not question it in order to soothe the ego and make the ego feel better about itself and feel better about the action that it's taking that is not in its best interest. This form of validation, though it can feel pretty good, and I'm not gonna say that feeling good is a bad thing, in and of itself, it's the method of feeling good to avoid facing your reality, facing change, facing questioning, and facing how bad things are. You know, nothing's gonna change. We just don't have the support right now. There's nothing available to me. There's nothing that I can do about it. You're doing the best that you can. You know, it's not your fault. Everything's gonna be okay. Just keep doing what you're doing. This is the best that we can do in this scenario. Any kind of of self-talk that soothes the ego into saying this is just what the reality is gonna be no matter how hard we try we can't get anywhere look at we did this this and this and we didn't get anywhere there's all sorts of form of self-talk to soothe the ego into feeling like you're a good girl or a good boy and we shouldn't question this we shouldn't investigate this so when a trigger or a bad feeling about what you're doing comes to the surface you push it down through the the validation at the core bottom of all of this is a sense of powerlessness relative to the situation that we feel like we can't change or we don't want to change. Now, the we don't want to change is usually an avoidant pattern that comes into this idea we have in our head of how bad it would be to take any action of benefit for us that is outside this cycle. For instance, you might be afraid of it's about getting a new job. You might be dreading not having a job, dreading not having a better budget when you're doing whatever you're doing in your life. You may be dreading the consequences of a choice for the job that makes you feel better in, well, what if I don't find anything that makes me feel better? 
What if it's not any better than what I'm currently doing? There's no job that's really gonna make me happy. You know, again, these thoughts that are tricking yourself into continuing to do what you're doing and continuing to validate yourself. We allow that terror, we allow that fear to keep us stuck in powerlessness relative to our decision-making process. The avoidance strategy of enabling is because of fear and the powerlessness keeps us stuck in these patterns. If we would stop enabling ourselves, if we would stop letting that that trigger that comes up to the surface, pushing it down with sweet little stories and whispering like sweet nectar songs into their ears about things, making everything feel so good when it's not and making everything okay when it's not, what would happen is you would actually be able to consciously surrender to that feeling of powerlessness and use it as a means to question what you think is possible, to question this fear, to resolve this fear, to resolve this powerlessness and find different actions and options that are currently available to you. I'm going to give you just a couple of ideas on questions that come off the top of my head. So do I really have all the information on how bad this situation is? And you pause and you let it sink in and you really go through the process of answering it or writing out the answer to really, really hold yourself accountable to what that question does to your internal world and your internal system and how it changes and affects you. Do I really know if this thing I'm so afraid of, so first of all, what am I afraid of? write down all the reasons you are afraid and avoiding the discomfort. Do I really know it's going to be that bad? I want you to play through the process of that worst case scenario happening and then I want you to play over the next five years after it happened and what things would come of that decision after that thing you're afraid of would have happened. What are the possibilities that would happen? How long in that five-year timeline does that thing you're terrified of stay in your reality. Who could I speak to about this situation that may have a perspective that would be valuable to me? Do I have all of the educational information that I need to make an informed decision here? Do I really have all the information available to me on the situation at hand to know what is possible or not possible for me in this given moment? What am I willing to give up in order to live a life worth living? What am I living for? How much do I value quality? What are the possibilities available to me that I have not yet considered? Am I open to new possibilities being a process of discovery that I have not yet gone in the process of. These questionings are like, write them down in your journal. Let them be inner work. Let them really get your brain kicking. What would it mean about myself if I faced this reality? What would I make it mean about myself, my identity, my ego? Now, if you really want to go deep, you can go to tealswan.com. She has has an entire list of a hundred questions that are so good to ask yourself and I think that's really a valuable tool to apply in this process. So after you've asked yourself those questions, we want to look at the strategy that you're currently using when it comes to this thing that you don't want to face. 
When it comes to our powerlessness, we have a strategy. It's just not a good one. It's not a very full strategy. It's a very weak strategy. We have an idea about what the strategy would be if we did something different. In NLP, we break down strategies like this. Visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. What that means is that there are different processes of our internal world through how we are moving forward with these strategies. So for example, somebody stuck in a powerless pattern when it comes to enabling certain situations may have only a kinesthetic strategy moving forward. And what that means is the only thing that they see when it comes to a strategy of change is their own feeling of powerlessness. So kinesthetic is a feeling, right? It's all about a sense within ourselves, an emotional sense within ourselves. So when we see ourselves taking that action, we only see the availability of that action moving forward based on a kinesthetic response. And that kinesthetic response is usually due to past failures, trauma, not powerful feelings that we're getting that kinesthetic response from. And that would be our strategy if we would do something different, if we would move forward. And then we can also have auditory, be stuck in the auditory, which would be a thought process, like the thoughts that we spoke about earlier in this video, that negative self-talk is the thing that if we would move forward, that would be the only strategy. So the strategy is essentially, this is never gonna work, we can't actually move forward. So a strategy, if I did move forward, how could I do that? So what we need to do is add to the strategy. We need to make the strategy have more depth to it. So let's break down, first of all, the possibilities of what the auditory, the kinesthetic, the visual components would be if we would add to the strategy. So for visual, remember we spoke about visualizing five years down the line? That is a really, really, really awesome way of using visual to add to your strategy is to pay attention to, was there any visual synchronicities? So like for instance, one time a visual synchronicity that I paid attention to was I was seeing frogs all the time. That was a visual synchronicity. A visual strategy could be to visualize what it would look like and to visualize the situation and to really see in your head you playing it out, all the different scenarios that you could go through and to really put effort into expanding the visual experience of moving through. When we visualize, we're like essentially living on a timeline of ourself without physically doing it, where we're playing out our options and our life paths and what's available to us. So it's essentially like going up into the sixth dimension and looking down and being like, how do I win the video game? A visual component could be writing a list or journaling out the situation so you can visually see what's going on to visually break down the situation, visually break down the thoughts, visually bring it into depth. Visual could also be actually physically seeing aspects of the problem at hand or physically seeing the desired outcome. So for instance, if I wanted a different career, it could be going into careers that I'm considering and physically walking into the, the building and watching those professionals at hand or watching YouTube videos of them. So I could visually see what it would look like. If I wanted to have a different life situation or life partner, maybe I would 
would go look at different videos of families or different healthy partnerships that are modeled somewhere in the world. Maybe it's someone I know, maybe again it's a YouTube video, something along those lines so I can visually see this is what it looks like. If I wanted to have some physical difference in my life, I would go look at what the end result would look like. Okay, so if I am desperate for let's say a vehicle so I can get around, I would go to a car shop and sit in the cars and visually see what it would feel like to be there. We can use visual components in a thousand ways. We can use all of the different components of strategies in a thousand ways. I'm only breaking them down into a couple of concepts here, but you can go above and beyond here and I will make a future video on all of the ways that we can use visual strategy, kinesthetic strategy, and auditory strategy. So an auditory strategy would be, again, the self-talk, but hopefully we're choosing better self-talk, self-talk that is questioning a little bit more, thinking a little bit more, being a little bit more open and curious. We could use auditory to talk to somebody about it or to go on YouTube or go to any form of learning of listening to people who kind of know what they're talking about, listening to people who have gotten out of similar situations. And then to expand the kinesthetic, we may start to feel what it would feel like to actually have a different experience. We would really try to feel a different emotion around this thing, but I am a shadow worker. And so as the number one way to be able Able to create a different kinesthetic response within your system. So there is a process called the completion process that I'm trained in, also parts work and hypnotherapy, trained in all of these things. It really breaks down your emotional kinesthetic response that is telling you that you're never gonna leave this situation and you're gonna get stuck there forever and it's making all your decisions based off of that. It really goes into the emotion and the kinesthetic world in order to get to the root of it to process it, to find resolution, and then we can take that into a feeling of empowerment. So I hope that you have done a little bit th of thinking today about any self-enabling that you're doing in your life, and please subscribe for a another video that will be coming out every Monday and Wednesday. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to blushheartsblossoming.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please follow us for more content and also feel free to leave a review and write a comment to let me know how you felt about this.